honestly, that's one of the biggest points of having a team is not that you can do more, it's that you can build relationships and connect with people. It's amazing and it's such a gift. Welcome to Latitude, the show for freelancers, founders, and creators about all of the non-business parts of running a successful business. I interview folks who are defining work for themselves. We look at the mindset and methods it takes to create the latitude you need to do your most creative work. Today, I'm chatting with Sean Blanc. Sean is the creator of the Suite Setup and the Focus Course. The Suite Setup shares the best apps and workflows for your iPhone, iPad, and Mac, and I'm sure you can probably guess what the Focus Course is about. This was recorded well before everything that's currently going on with COVID-19, but I think it's even more relevant today. We talk a lot about focus, margin, and how to get a bit more of both, even though there's so much going on around you. We also look at how focus can be valuable outside of the context of work and getting things done. All right, let's jump in. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast, Sean. I'm really excited to talk to you. Um, You've been kind of thinking about some of this stuff probably a little longer than I have. So um, definitely looking forward to kind of um, see how you think about latitude, see how you think about margin. To kick it off, though, why don't you just kind of give folks an overview of who you are and what you do? Sure. Yeah. Uh, Brian, I mean, thanks so much for having me on the show. I'm always excited and delighted to get to talk about, you know, these topics of productivity and creativity, especially. And uh, so I'm excited today to to chat about this stuff with you. A little bit about me. I am in Kansas City. I'm a dad. I've got three boys at home. I've been married for almost 15 years. And I run a few websites on the internet. Uh, I kind of got into this racket maybe, um, well, part-time, like maybe 10, 15 years ago. So I started blogging when I got my first MacBook and sort of kind of fell in love with the idea of just sharing ideas and connecting and building relationships with folks. And um, so I run a few websites now. One's called The Sweet Setup, where we do in-depth app reviews. We kind of find and review the best apps for different categories. And then we've got a bunch of uh, training and courses for using those apps better. And then we have another website called The Focus Course, where we walk people through uh, we call the five components of a focused life that sort of help you establish a values-based approach to time management and habits. And then out of that has come in a bunch of additional stuff related to the time management and margin. We're going to talk about that, I think, today. Uh, so we've got a course called the Margin Course and and things like that. So a lot of nerdy app stuff and then also the productivity creative space. And to me, they kind of all go together with just this idea of doing your best creative work is kind of the the theme behind all of it for me, at least. Okay. And so you kind of originally started, it was just you. Um, and now you've kind of grown into a small team. Is that correct? Yeah. When it first started, uh, I initially kind of quit my job. I was a creative director and marketing director for a large ministry here in Kansas City. And I was doing that for a long time. And um, just some through some family stuff, decided that I wanted to step out on my own. And I've been blogging just sort of on my own uh, for a while and uh, had a decent readership, not a, not a lot, but a few thousand people that kind of read the site on a regular basis. And I was like, hey, guys, uh, I'm quitting my job and I'm going to write this blog for a living. And if you want to give me a couple bucks a month, then that would be very helpful. 
and ended up having about 400 people sign up the first day. And that was able to, that plus some advertising stuff I was doing was enough for me to able to kind of go independent. And so I had this blog, seanblanc.net at the beginning, and that was back in 2011. And uh, over the years, I slowly began kind of working with some other contractors and some different folks, um, having them help contribute to the sites and paying them for stuff. And in 2016, I hired my first full-time employee. And uh, I've since hired another full-time and a part-time since the, um, as well. And then we've got a, several contractors on retainer. Um, and it's just a really fantastic team. So yeah, it's kind of been this this slow growth from just me to now a handful of us working, working on this stuff together. Okay. And then kind of in the same time that you were growing, you sort of, I think that's kind of when you sort of targeted in on some of the kind of productivity focus and margin and some of those things. Is that right? Yeah, it was um, somewhat related. And, I, and like part of it had to do with um, with the business itself and, and the needs of the business and my needs as the, the person working in the business. So the focus course came out in the summer of 2015. And at that time, uh, I was the only employee with my business. And I had a couple guys that were working for me um, as contractors. And they were mostly helping with the suite setup. So I had some editors and some contributors over there. Um, Really awesome people. And a lot of them are actually still with me today. And the focus course came out in the summer of 2015. And that first launch week, it did like a hundred plus thousand dollars during the launch and just kind of really blew me away in terms of the the reception to it. And what originally to me was sort of like this really important, valuable topic, but I wasn't expecting it to be this game changing product. It was this literally like a life defining moment for me um, that in terms of just the response to the focus course launch. And I realized there's a lot more going on here than what I initially thought. And so I started giving more energy to building up the focus course and uh, partnering with some different people to to create additional content around it and things like that. And so now I've got the focus course was becoming its own additional business over here. And then we had the suite set up and I was running both of these websites and it got to the point where it's just too much for me. And I was like, man, I can't keep up. Like, I just can't think about this stuff, let alone all the time that was required. And so it was very just um, kind of consuming for me. And I sort of was at this inflection point where I felt like I either needed to shut something down and reclaim some of the margin, like some of my, just my creative um, energy, my creative margin and some of my time, I need to get some of that back. Or I needed to hire somebody full time to help me. And I kind of just, it was super scary. Like really was I, I, the, in hindsight, it seems like so obvious. Like, of course you're going to hire somebody, but I remember very clearly it was not obvious to me at the time. And, uh, I remember speaking about it with a lot of different folks and just getting the advice of other business owners, uh, talking to my wife quite a bit. Uh, my parents even came out for Thanksgiving that year. And just, I remember talking to them about it, uh, during Thanksgiving time. And just getting this advice from different folks. And I realized that if I was going to look to the future, like where am I going or what's the direction that I want to go? To me, it was obvious like I wanted to grow and work with a team. And I've got, I had these contributors that were helping me with the suite setup. And I loved working with that team and connecting with those people. And I wanted more of that. And so to me, shutting it down, it like became obvious like, oh, this is not 
what I want. I want to grow. I want in the future, I see having a team. And so if I'm at this inflection point where I either need to hire someone or shut something down, of course, the right option is to, to hire somebody. Uh, so um, just through some referrals of, of friends and folks, um, I ended up hiring a guy named Isaac Smith. And uh, he's still with us. He's our production manager now. And he just kind of took on a lot of the uh, work. You know, like I would was writing regular newsletters and recording podcasts and blog news, uh, blog articles. And so I would create the content and then hand it off to him. And then he would help get it across the finish line. And he would work with all of our sponsors and did a lot of other just miscellaneous stuff. And it was just massive, just um, help with like now I had like a coworker basically, and we could we could get stuff across the finish line together, and it was so helpful. And we've you know since grown since then as well. And um, I don't even remember where we're going with this, but uh, just that choice to 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 hire somebody at that point of the the growth with the focus course and the growth of the suite setup. Um, was a you know huge huge moment for us in the business so yeah mm-hmm. and so I mean I think it's really interesting that um, when your focus was probably most pulled in different directions was kind of as the focus course um, was getting a little bigger yeah and so uh, I'm curious um, how what was your kind of per, like own personal focus journey to like being able to kind of have the knowledge to create the course and then also kind of from the course launch, almost reclaiming that fork focus. Yeah, this is great. I'm going to answer, actually, I'm going to answer those backwards. Uh, I think the idea of reclaiming focus is uh, excellent. I was actually just talking to someone about this earlier. And the idea is you don't, focus is sort of like love. Like you don't, you fall in love, but then you have to stay in love with somebody and it requires this intentionality. And, um, and it's the same with focus and, and being diligent, right? Like you, you can get excited about it and you can get this initial rush of the momentum to be focused and diligent. Um, but it requires an intentionality to maintain it and to stay focused over time. And it really is just this moving target and it ebbs and flows as Things in our life change as we go into different seasons of life and different priorities and things that matter to us more um, in one season of life matter less in a different season. And so our focus, our diligence, the way we spend our time, the 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 desires for where our energy are going to go, these things adjust over time. And just recognizing that they will and saying like, oh, it's fine for me to have to kind of continually pursue focus and be intentional about it realizing that's just the name of the game uh, is huge. So for me with the focus course and going through these different seasons, uh, it, it wasn't, I never felt like I was scared or I was doing it wrong or I never felt like a failure. I was just aware that in different seasons, what it looks like for me to be creative or to be focused or, or intentional with my time looks differently uh, in different seasons. And very much so for me now as the kind of like the president of my company and the boss where I've got different people doing a lot of the work that I used to do. For me, my work needs to look different now for my team to be able to thrive and for them to feel like they're contributing and have the nobility of the work that they're bringing to the table and the ideas and the input uh, and their perspective. Um, I can't do it all. And if I try to do it all, that's dishonoring to them. And it means I'm not focusing on the right things. So for me, even my my deep work time looks different than it used to 
four, five, six, seven years ago. So that's sort of how I've adjusted is just a big part of it is just recognizing. Um, and then the other part is actually having a system that you can fall back on, something that you trust, that you believe in, that uh, you works for you in terms of managing your time and your attention so that they overlap with your values. Did you imagine that the end game was always to create a team or did that kind of come later in the process? It, I think it was. It, in my mind, it was, but I, I honestly wasn't being very intentional about it. Um, when I was previously, I was creative director and, and marketing director and I managed our in-house team of, we did everything for print, for web, um, Facebook ads, like we did the social media, we did all of it. And so I had a whole team of in-house designers and developers, uh, you know, web designers, print designers, project managers, copywriters, editors, um, account managers, like uh, social media managers, like everybody. And I managed that whole team and I loved it. And I really enjoyed just working with people and the just the camaraderie. And so when I left that to kind of work from my basement, it was a little bit of shell shock for me. I'm super extroverted and I love just being around people. So it was hard for me to get out of such a thriving and fun team environment, um, especially when I was mm-hmm. the boss. Like, I like being the boss. Uh, I enjoy calling the shots. And so leaving that and then sort of just, you know, being alone and being by myself with uh, with the internet and my work. And it was it was hard for me. And so in the back of my mind, I definitely wanted to have a team again, but I wasn't really intentional about what that looked like. I didn't know. I had no clue. Um, people are very expensive. You know, your payroll is the most expensive line item uh, in a budget. And for a long time, I was making just enough to get by to, to, to pay for myself and my own family. And so I didn't have a lot of margin in my budget even to be able to hire somebody uh, for several years. And so it took time to be able to slowly get to that point. And then when I was at that point, I didn't even recognize it. You know, it took me several months to even recognize that oh, I should, should be hiring right now. And even that has been this huge journey of learning how to manage people again and, um, mm-hmm. you know, just just what's right for, uh, you know, wanting to, to balance paying them and balance sustainability of the business and how to, 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 to do that and, and balance all the budget stuff. And there's so much nuance. So a lot of it really has been a learning curve. Yeah, totally, totally. And I mean, I think it's really interesting because I am definitely more introverted. Um, and so I also kind of went from like a full-time job to like basically like working in the basement. And like, I was really excited th- about that for a while. Like it was nice. Um, and I was able to do really good work and I was able to kind of create a lot but even kind of being more introverted, I'm definitely finding that like doing things like this um, or even like my weekly mastermind where like I'm not working directly with these people, but it's still kind of like similar um, that that's been like super satisfying, even though that like wasn't something I ever had kind of like planned for. It's true. And I think it's whatever it is, you know, you the like absence makes their heart grow fonder. You know, like I think when you're working by yourself more, you come to value. There's like that balance with it. I think, you know, you, you really begin to value the input and the ideas and and the connection of other people. Um, I, I think a lot of times it can be more intentional. And, um, I know like with my, my team beforehand, when I was a creative director, there was a lot of just, um, 
you know, just fluff, like lots of meetings, so many meetings, meetings all the time. <laughs> and uh, so when I started my own team and we, you know, began to have meetings regularly, I was very like averse toward having the meetings. And for like a while, like we weren't having any meetings ever, you know, <laughs> because I was like, oh, everyone hates meetings, right? Like I hate them. Don't you hate them? And then some of the guys were like, hey, it'd be great if we could like connect and talk. And I'm like, oh, okay, fine. Like we'll meet once a month. And, you know, and then realizing, okay, like there is a healthy spot for good, awesome meetings where you can connect, you can you know, connect as people and relationships. And that's so much of it. And I think a lot of times I forget just how valuable those relationships are. And honestly, that's one of the biggest points of having a team is not that you can do more. It's that you can build relationships and connect with people. It's amazing. And it's such a gift to be able to have that. And so I think working by yourself sometimes helps make the time when you're working with people a little bit more, uh, it's just more special, can be more uh, productive as well. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, and I think it is a balance for sure. And that balance is going to end up in slightly different places for slightly different people. But kind of being aware of it, I think is important. Um, And so you mentioned kind of you were initially like averse to having teams and now you've kind of, or (laughs) averse to having meetings. Um, And now you've kind of created a system that like sort of determines when it's appropriate. And then you've also kind of mentioned with your focus, um, your own personal focus, that kind of the system becomes important. And so I'm curious, uh, rather than going into detail of like your own personal system, um, kind of how did you like start to think about creating that system? And how did you kind of see like what was working for you and what wasn't? I think it's sort of just something that has evolved over the years. So I don't know if there's any one like inflection point. I just think for me, I've always been interested in being intentional with my time. I've cared about uh, just being organized, uh, about managing my time. And I not necessarily like an organized person. Like if you look at my desk in my office, it, it's, uh, it resembles like the, the dreams of an organized person, but does not actually look <laughs> organized. It's like, oh, someone was aspirational organ, organize, organized here, um, but not actually organized. <laughs> so there's mm-hmm. just stuff. Like I got some piles on the floor. But um, so I've always appreciated having things structured and in order. And for me, I think... Also, there's the the nerdy side of I'm um, you know, a huge Apple nerd, and uh, you know I bought like an iPhone when they first came out, and stood in line for the iPad and uh, all this stuff. And so I've also been a fan of these apps that can allow you to just be more creative and be more organized, more focused, uh, more productive, and things like that. And so as I began to discover apps that were just amazing and well designed and helped me to capture my ideas or just organize my stuff better, uh, keep track of my tasks and all this stuff. I just latched onto them and I really just began to utilize this stuff to its fullest potential and get, you know, really dig in. And so that was, I think, as my own system began to develop over the years. Um, But then also eventually I kind of got tired of looking at a screen all the time and I sort of wanted to have uh, some analog stuff in my life with, you know, pen and paper. And so years ago, I started using a notebook as well as um, my iPhone and iPad and my Mac for different things. And so I started just kind of writing down um, what I would do is back when I was 
primarily just working for myself. And the, the most important work I would do every day was write. And well, it still is. And so I started at the end of the day, or, or sorry, it's at the beginning of the day, I noticed this, this trend was happening with how I was spending my time. So I would come in. And in the morning, first thing right off the bat, I would start uh, like checking my stats for the website and checking email and then checking Twitter and then uh, checking RSS feeds and the news and then kind of going back to have I gotten any emails since I checked it like eight minutes ago and just sort of like bouncing around between these inboxes and analytics stuff. And then within, uh, you know, I suddenly I just spent like two hours and I'm like, wait, I didn't do anything yet. I just kind of bounced around. And so I realized like I need to have a plan of action for, for myself if I want to be productive in the mornings. And so at the end of the day, what I started doing was just writing out uh, a note for myself in terms of uh, what my writing topic, because that was the most important work for me every day was I needed that time to write. And so at the end of the day, 4.45 before I wrap up my day, I say, okay, tomorrow, Sean, this is what you're writing about, whatever, new iPhones or whatever app or whatever. Uh, whatever the idea was, whatever the to topic was going to be that I was going to write about. And I would write that down on a big three and a half uh, by five card, three by five index card in big Sharpie. And I would put it on top of my computer keyboard. And then when I came into the office the next morning, like right there on the keyboard was the note. I couldn't, you know, couldn't miss it. And I had to write for at least 20 minutes, which is like nothing, right? Like you can easily write for 20 minutes. and it would easily turn into usually 45 minutes to an hour, sometimes two hours. And then like, okay, there you go. I got a significant chunk done towards doing this most important deep work. And then I would allow myself to check in on email or social media or the news or whatever it may be after I'd done that. So that was sort of the beginning of planning ahead for me. And then I began mapping out my entire day going, well, if I've got one important thing, what are the other important things? And so I started getting to, to three kind of most important tasks for the day. And then I'm a huge fan of mapping your tasks to your calendar. So I started writing out, this is when you're going to do this stuff. And I'd have kind of a schedule mapped out. And that sort of just kind of evolved. And so I call it my hybrid productivity method now, where I capture most of my tasks into things, which is digital. And then I'll review things um, and basically what's due today and what's upcoming and what's in my calendar. It kind of shows you all of that. And then I'll sort of write down my day um, using pen and paper and just sort of say like, here's my most important tasks. Here's when I'm going to do them. And I'll have sort of this plan of action for my day. Uh, and then when I start my day in the morning, it's ready to go waiting for me. And all I have to think about is just executing on the work that needs to be done. And I'm not planning my day as I go, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so has that process like changed after you developed that or um, have you kind of stayed pretty static with that? It's pretty like once I kind of got it dialed in, it hasn't really changed much to, at all. Um, I've been experimenting for the last few months. I've been experimenting with doing all of that on my iPad as opposed to in uh, a paper notebook. And um, <clears throat> I created some templates for myself in an, for an app called GoodNotes, which is a really cool handwriting app. 
and put some stuff in there. And I've kind of been experimenting with that, which has been really fun. And there's, it's got a lot of advantages, but it's the same structure as, as in my notebook. The, the bones of it are pretty much the same, which is just identify what's important. And I'll tie that, you know, I'll do a monthly theme uh, setter, like where I identify what's my main theme for this month, and I'm going to define success for this month. And then also every week, I sort of map out my main, uh, most important goals for this week. And then I break that down for the day. So each day I'm working on something, I'll usually theme my days as well. So today, like Tuesday, as I was, you know, prepping my week for the uh, this week on Sunday, I knew that, you know, Monday night, Broncos are going to be playing Monday night football. I'm a huge Broncos fan. I'm from Denver originally. <laughs> and so I knew, okay, I'm going to be up late watching the game on Monday night. So the first couple hours of my Tuesday are sort of going to be shot already. And then it's Apple Keynote. Uh, today, they announced the new iPhones and stuff like that. And then I'm recording the podcast. So for me, I was like, okay, you know what? Tuesday is, I'm not going to get any deep work done on Tuesday. And I'm just like planning ahead for that. And so I gave myself permission to work a little bit extra on Monday, do some work. Uh, in prep for taking the morning off on Tuesday so that I would be well rested after staying up late to watch the game. And then, no, I'm just going to be watching the keynote, taking some notes from that, connecting with my team a little bit about that, and then jumping on and doing this podcast with you. And so just being prepared for that. So today, I, I knew exactly what was on my plate. I didn't have any stress about, oh, I've got these other things I'm doing. I'm tired because I was up late last night. Like by being intentional about it, uh, today has been a great day, you know, it's, and it's, and it's wrapping up, you know, fantastically doing this, this show with you. So. Awesome. Yeah. And so, I mean, I think there's two things that stand out there for me. One being that like in the beginning, it did just start as like a single thing, like, okay, what is my most important task? And then it kind of rose out of that. So I think like just that on its own by, by itself is kind of interesting. But then the other part that I kind of want to pull out and I'm interested your perspective on is like, you mentioned that like last night you were watching the Broncos game. I think that connects so much in with like focus and latitude and all these other things, just the aspect that like that was in your calendar. Um, because I think we kind of have a tendency to divide like oh, this is like a, a recreation thing. So like that doesn't need to be like on my Google calendar. Um, so I'm interested to kind of hear your thought between like how you ended up kind of like booking, I guess, like life things versus work things and how that's kind of benefited you. Yeah, I'm a huge proponent of scheduling life things that I care about. And for me, the whole idea behind it is that um, I want to, like, yeah, I've got uh, shows on Netflix that I want to watch and I want to spend time with my kids and I want to spend time reading uh, fiction novels and I want to go on dates with my wife and all these things. And I think having a focus and having space for rest and leisure is so important. And there's two kinds of rest, right? There's there's types of rest that actually leave us feeling recharged and um, like ready to go. And there's types of rest that leave us feeling like more tired. Uh, like <laughs> if I go on a trip with my boys, we've got three boys at home. Um, they're like three, six and seven. And <laughs> like going on vacation with them, like you get back and you're like more tired. It's, you know, it was, it was a trip. It was not a vacation. And of course, like having fantastic memories and really enjoying the time. And uh, for me, like I love going out and, uh, you know, we spent our summer in Colorado. It's where we're from originally. And so just got so much uh, great time out there with family that's there in the mountains and, and 
so many memories, but it's not like relaxing or exactly like restful. I'm not chilling mm-hmm. on the beach with a margarita or anything like that. It's, you know, we're running around, we're at splash parks, we're in the mountains, we're going on hikes, we're going on rafting trips. Like there's a lot going on, but it is recharging and it also builds relationships and, and things like that. So anyways, you got these two kinds of rest, like healthy rest, and I guess you could say unhealthy rest, so to speak. And healthy rest is critical. It's so important. But so often we, I think, especially for people that are achievers, that are really driven, um, you know, a lot of freelancers, there's this sense of wanting to create and wanting to succeed and really wanting to to have an impact in uh, our areas of uh, contribution, the field that we're in, or the the clients that we're working with, the, the, the the audience that we're, we're connecting with, we want to have an impact. We want to help them. We want to provide value. We want to create things that are amazing. And there can be this sense that if you're resting, if you're taking a nap, or if you're uh, going to bed on time, or if you're getting enough sleep, you're getting your full eight hours, that like you're not hustling and you're, you're wasting your time. Mm-hmm. And I feel this way. I, like, I feel that way. And so I have to, in some ways, I have to schedule my downtime as a reminder that says, this is healthy and you need this, Sean. Um, I've gotten better at it over the years. Like I've chosen this enough that it's become, uh, I'm, I'm a lot more comfortable with it now uh, and having boundaries around my work and my personal time. Uh, but for a long time, it was very, very difficult for me. And it, it took me a while to get comfortable with it. And so for me, the scheduling of the downtime, like the Broncos game and the Netflix stuff and date night and all of that stuff, scheduling it, uh, not only for me, it's just like this little mental trick that it legitimizes that time. It says, hey, this is valid. Um, and it also helps make sure that what I'm focusing on as my rest time, I'm, I'm choosing like the right things. And it helps me just have like healthy approach to how I rest so that I'm, I'm doing the things I really want to do. And instead of going like, Oh man, this weekend I was hoping to do this and this and this. And instead all I did was like binge watch Netflix for four days in a row. And now I feel even worse. <laughs> you know, I feel gross. <laughs> and so just being intentional about that, I guess is, is a huge mm-hmm. part of it. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I have the tendency to, to basically like on vacation, try to fit in like all the things like I've definitely had trips where it's like, oh, I need a vacation from my vacation. But at the same time, I think like some of those things can be like recharging in different ways. Like there's different aspects of our life that you're kind of satisfying. Like obviously when you're going out with your kids, you can kind of come back exhausted. But I think there's other parts that are like really motivated and that even if you are kind of like tired, it's not necessarily unhealthy. It's just kind of like recharging different aspects of your life. Now, before we jump into the next question, I want to pause for a minute and talk a bit about Podia. Podia is a platform for creating and hosting online courses, digital downloads, and memberships. More than that, though, Podia is a company that believes in and supports creators. They don't just build course software, they really enable people like us to do the work we love. I'm a longtime Podia user, along with a few of the guests on the show. My Podia course has directly led to thousands of email subscribers and five figures in revenue. As a designer, I definitely have a tendency of tweaking and perfecting everything, but most of the time that's not what actually makes a difference. Podia makes it easy to focus on creating content that's useful and valuable rather than getting distracted by design edits or a long technical setup process. 
It doesn't matter if you're an expert developer or creating your first ever digital product. Podia makes it fast and easy to create something that not only looks good, but converts well. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably working on creating something. Whether that's an app, a course, or an entirely new business, creating something out of nothing is hard, but Podia makes creation a little bit easier. They're offering 15% off for life to listeners of the Latitude podcast. To get your discount or to just learn a bit more, go to podia.com latitude, or there's a link in the show notes. All right, let's get back to the interview. I mean, it sounds like you're choosing beforehand, like what those things are that you value. Um, otherwise, they do kind of just like get sucked up into the cycle of life. Um, and so what's your process for kind of deciding how to allocate your time when you are setting aside like whatever your most important tasks are for the day? Yeah, a lot of it really comes down to just habits and routines for me. Basically, I try to focus, we've all got these six areas of our life. And this is something we talk about in the focus course, where you've got your personal life, um, in terms of like your inner personal self, your emotions, your spiritual life. So that's an area. There's your relationships. There are it's your work, your job, vocation stuff, your finances, your physical health, and then your rest, your downtime, your recreation. And I like to try to have um, kind of a desired outcome for each of those areas of my life, sort of knowing the direction that I'm going and how that ties into just the bigger picture of what really matters to me, my overall values. Um, And then having just daily and weekly habits and routines that move me forward in those areas of life. And I think a great example of this is just with finances. Uh, You know, you want to kind of automate your savings, automate your investing, um, and automate your budgets so that you don't have to constantly think every time you get a paycheck, every time you get money coming in, you're not constantly thinking, okay, how much of this should I be putting away in my retirement account? Okay, how much of this should I be budgeting for that thing I'm trying to save for? And how much of this should I give away? How much of this uh, do I need for groceries? Like you don't want to think that every single time. You want to just automate it. And then your investing happens automatically, like without you having to think about it over and over and over. And then over time, that compounds drastically. I was about to say dramatically. (laughs) Um, Ginormous. Uh, It it compounds over time. And you've now been investing for years uh, because you put on autopilot. And so the same goes for our health, uh, you know, wanting to just sort of have healthy routines in place related to what you eat and what you drink and and how active you are, where instead of having to think about it constantly, where it's just this drain and it's difficult, then you can only make so many decisions about stuff on a daily basis. And so the things that matter to you, it's like, automate that stuff, like get some habits in place. And so for me, a lot of my systems are around just healthy habits in different areas of my life. And another example, this may sound really, really sterile, but it's actually fantastic, is like date night. And my wife and I have a routine for years and years and years. We've gone out on dates uh, for the most part, uh, at least every other Thursday, if not every Thursday, is date night for us. And um, it was a lot easier before we had kids. And then we had kids and uh, when they were newborns, you know, it was took a little while. And sometimes we took the baby with us and it, you know, kind of ebbs and flows and, and things like that. But, mm-hmm. but as a general rule, Thursday night is date night. And that's been amazing, right? And I have this guaranteed 
time in my week, every week where I get one-on-one, just focus time with my wife. And that's a, you could say like, that's a habit or that's a routine that's in our life, which sounds so dorky. But what it really means is that every week I get a date with my like favorite person on the planet. And that's amazing. And so having these kinds of things in place where like that is something that moves my most important relationship forward. Uh, it's something that, you know, huge fan, like I love going out uh, and and doing fun things and uh, trying new restaurants or, or going to different places around the city and just different things or even just getting out. And uh, if we can't find a sitter, sometimes we'll just, uh, we call it like a deck date and we'll just go out in the backyard and we'll just have dinner outside instead and just, just doing something to make it special. But there's that intentionality that's there. Um, and so mm-hmm. doing that for your health, doing that for your job, like what's the most important thing that you need to do on a regular basis that's going to move the needle forward for your skill set and for your creative work or for your business that you're building or for the job that you do uh, at your nine to five, whatever that may be. Um, what's something that you can do regularly that's going to bring value and make things uh, go forward for you in the direction that you're wanting them to go? Um, so just having that in mind for these different areas of life is a huge one for me. And just trying to, to track those, uh, track those habits, track those routines, make sure I'm following through on a regular basis. Um, you know, I have a little checklist and, and stuff like that. Uh, just, you know, trying to measure it and, and pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, I'll totally mirror your specific example even is that like, it does seem kind of silly, but same with me, like me and my fiance go out pretty consistently every week and we like have that time set aside. And it's even to the point where like, oh, we're going to like do dishes that day beforehand. So we know that like, we don't have to worry about that. Everything's going to be like clean and nice the next day. And just like having that intention beforehand just kind of like allows that actual time to be so much more, um, I guess, kind of meaningful. Mm -hmm. And you're just like so much more present than you would be otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. And so have you found that there are like times you mentioned when um, your kids were younger that you kind of, missed a couple date nights. Are there other examples of times when sort of your habits have kind of like fallen off or you've like not been tracking them as much? Oh, totally. Uh, so many times, bajillions. I think a really good example is a year ago, um, or I guess so the beginning of 2018, I was wanting to, like, you know, I'm kind of planning out my year and I'm looking at the year and I was like, you know, a big theme for me this year is uh, health. I really want to focus on my physical health more. And so January, February, March, I'm, I'm kind of going to the gym a little bit more than regular. I'm just trying to really be intentional about it, going several days a week and hitting the treadmill and stuff like that. And um, then we go to Colorado. We spent some time in Colorado over the summer and my, like, you know, so like June hits, July, August, September, and like my health just like fell off the map. Um, I had gone on a business trip in early June and uh, didn't do much uh, running while I was out of town and then came back from that trip and then just didn't really pick it up at all. And so just completely was barely like doing anything, uh, physical activity. And so here I was like going, hey, this year is the year of health. And like four months in a row, June, July, August, September, like I hardly did anything. And I was like, I kind of picked this back up. And so a a friend of mine um, had, he had gone the month of September and he completed every ring on his Apple Watch, like the perfect month in September. And I was watching him through September and I was like, I want to 
dang it, like I need to get back on the wagon. <laughs> and he's like, hey, I'm gonna I'm going for it for October too. I was like, all right, I'm in. So October, uh, I started like, okay, I can do a 15 minute workout every day of something. You know, I can go on a walk, I can go on a run, I can. Uh, I started cycling, uh, doing indoor cycling, and or I can do like some yoga stuff or uh, strength training, whatever. Um, just 15 minutes is all I got to do. And I was like, if I do that, I'm pretty much guaranteed I'm going to also hit my calorie count for the day. And then just standing every hour, that's pretty easy. You can do that. And so my thing was like, I just got to do that 15 minute workout. And that's going to be enough to push me over the edge that I'm pretty much certain guaranteed to close all of my Apple rings on my watch. And so I started doing that in October 2018. And October was a perfect month. And I was like, sweet, let's go for November. November, December, January, February, March. So we're now September 2019. Uh, I'm like three weeks away from having a perfect year where I've closed the rings every single day for almost a year. And so I definitely had this, like you've had those ebbs and flows. And I think part of it is just going, you know what? I'm still committed to this. And just because I haven't been doing my physical health activity doesn't mean it doesn't matter to me anymore. It just means I've got to really be more intentional about it and find out what can I focus on that's going to make a difference in in this regard. And uh, for me, it was just like those 15 minute workouts. If I can get in a 15 minute workout of some sort, then the rest will pretty much take care of itself. And then when you think about that, you're like 15 minutes, like, dang, that's, that's nothing. You know, <laughs> like I used to spend <laughs> that much time staring at Instagram before I got out of bed in the morning and just like deleting Instagram off my phone. Like, there you go. Now I got my 15 minutes a day back practically just by doing that. Um, so a lot of it is just, yeah, just choosing to come back and, and retackle it. Mm -hmm. so. Well, and I just saw that, um, maybe within the past few weeks ago, um, Sean McCabe hit a full year on his as well. Yeah, actually, that was the friend I was um, talking about. That Oh, was it? That's funny. I thought it might have been, but I wasn't positive. Yeah, positive. he's been my uh, three-ring accountability buddy. Yeah, and I mean, it's crazy. Like, I don't think either of you guys ever set out at the beginning to be like, oh, I'm going to do a whole year of this. It always started as like, okay, I'm going to do this today. And then the next day, okay, I'm going to do this today. Um, it's never like that big thing, but it kind of turns into that over time. Yep, exactly. Moving on to kind of how, like how that showing up every day, how that like kind of just like putting in those incremental times leads towards, um, creating latitude or creating margin. Um, and I generally ask folks this at the very end, but I think kind of in this case, um, it makes sense, but I'm curious, how do you define latitude or margin in your own life? That's a great question. Um, yeah, we were talking about this a little bit before the show, like just that it's that that space, right? And kind of the the freedom. And I was thinking about that of the the boundaries or the balance between work and life and and sort of what does that margin look like? And for me, I think it's a huge part is having that freedom, I think the mindset of freedom in both work and in personal, where when I'm doing my work, I feel the the freedom, I feel that liberty to focus on the work and the task at hand, and be present for whatever task I'm doing, whatever project I'm uh, working on. Uh, if I'm having a meeting with someone on my team, um, whether it be one on one, or if it's our whole team meeting, uh, or I can be present and focused and just be intentional is a, is a huge part. And 
the other thing is then at home, you know, with my family life where uh, when it's the weekend or if it's the evening um, where I'm not at work, feeling free and feeling at liberty to leave work in the office and, uh, you know, have my phone be somewhere else in the house and and be present and uh, just there with the people that I'm with, whether it be my friends or family or my kids or whomever, or when I'm reading a book, like just feeling free to read the book and and enjoy it and not constantly check my phone or do something else. So a lot of that that margin is allowing myself to be present and not think about something else when I'm doing one thing. But no, just like being present and being there in the moment is a huge part of it. And I think that leads to doing better work. It leads to uh, less stress, less anxiety, uh, being more present, more mindful uh, when I'm around people and, and all of those things, which I think are all becoming more and more rare, honestly, like in my own life. And I think in, mm-hmm. in a lot of the people I talk with, it's becoming the the desire is to be present, you know? And uh, so that's that's a huge part of what I think latitude brings is, is that ability to be present. Um, and so, I mean, I'm sure it's like, it's definitely something that I struggle with and I'm sure it's something that you've struggled with. Um, what would you say to like other folks that are struggling with that, um, that like what could their first step be to kind of find more of that margin or that latitude? I think it comes down to what we talked about earlier with sort of defining your most important work. And um, so I had this really silly exercise that that we do as part of the focus course. It's the first thing you do when you sign up for the course. The first day is to set out your clothes that you're going to wear tomorrow is to set, you set them out tonight before you go to bed. And everyone's like, what in the world? Like, this is a productivity course. And you got me like, set out my clothes. Like, <laughs> okay, like, I don't, I'm not sure where we're going with this. And the idea behind it is twofold. So first of all, you're helping your future self. And, uh, you know, we all wish we had more time and more focus in the mornings, right? Like that's such a, like, such a precious time. Those, those early hours are so precious. And so, hey, help yourself out by picking out your outfit for tomorrow. And then when you get up, it's one less thing to think about. It's one less thing to spend time on, like you're ready to go. Uh, So there's that. But the bigger picture behind this is that you've made a commitment to your future self. You said, hey, tomorrow I'm going to wear this. And then you get up and you put it on and you follow through with that commitment. And this is called personal integrity, where when you say you're going to do something, you follow through with your own commitments to yourself. And I think this is where a lot of us get hung up when it comes to the erosion of margin between our work and our personal life is that we allow things past the boundaries that we set up for ourselves. Because in the moment, we're like, ah, it's no big deal. Um, And so having that personal integrity, that ability to say, this is what I'm going to do, or this is what I'm going to focus on, and then following through with your own commitment to yourself is huge because it means that you're going to get more done in less time. But actually what you're doing is you're getting the amount done in the time that it should take instead of it taking way longer. Um, And then also when you're constantly switching contexts and you're giving into distractions and you're spending time doing other stuff, it really is kind of rewires your brain in a way where you don't feel settled. You don't feel like you're being productive. You don't recognize the progress that you're making because it's all scattered and chopped. 
Um, and so my advice to someone wanting to kind of reclaim that margin and get that latitude between personal and work is to have clarity about what's the one most important thing that you want to do at work today. And what's the most important thing that you want to do for yourself today, for your personal life today? And know what those two things are. And then decide when you're going to do them and then follow through with that little commitment to yourself. And just having, just saying, this is how I'm going to define success, right? Just these simple little ways uh, can be profound at building momentum, getting better boundaries uh, and and being more diligent with your work. Um, and so one thing you mentioned was that um, with the whole kind of setting your clothes out the night before being um, almost a promise to your future self. One thing that I've like found myself being guilty of is like, when I am working too much, the way that I like justify it almost is that like, oh, well, I'm doing this for my future self. Um, how would you kind of say, or I guess like, how would you sort of avoid that? Like maybe erroneous justification? <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I've been there. I don't know if there's an easy way to avoid it aside from just recognizing that it's erroneous. And knowing there's always going to be more work to be done. And so I think part of, I I guess one thing that I do is having the plan, you know, at the beginning of the week and just having the the clearly defined uh, desired outcomes for the work and saying, this is what I want to be done. And this is what, you know, I want it to be done by the end of the week. And these are like my three big goals for the week. And when you've got that clearly defined, and you've got your milestones in place, you can you can be honest with yourself and say, am I really getting ahead or am I just doing busy work at this point? Or am I just constant, you know, is this just more whack-a-mole? And, and, mm-hmm. and just being honest with yourself. And I think when you've got that clarity, then it, it gives you the opportunity to be genuine and say, okay, yeah, I'm actually wasting some time here. Um, or I'm not. And yeah, this needs to be done. I'm in a hurry and this is due tomorrow and I'm still working to get it done. And I think that that can be really helpful, just having that clarity. Okay. And then um, what have you kind of seen in your own life be like the biggest benefit of the margin that you've found for yourself? Just less stress, um, less frustration with my work, less um, anxiety has been a huge one. Just having the breathing room that I need to be present with my family, be present for my team do the creative work that I need to do. And it also makes it easier to say no to stuff. And it makes it easier to um, like define clear boundaries. And um, just all of that, like the margin is like, it gives that breathing room, which is super necessary. Cool. Well, yeah. And I mean, I think we could probably do a whole nother show on like deciding when to say no to things. Um, it's such an art. And also, I have no idea how to do it. I usually just say no. And then I'm like, "Ooh, whoops, I probably should have said yes to that. But oh well. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I guess, um, kind of starting to wrap it up. Um, and in that same vein, how do you decide to like, say yes to like big new projects when you're kind of working on a new course? Um, or kind of how do you decide that like, okay, maybe that is something that I shouldn't do right now? Yeah, we've got a basically a process in place with our team where um, anyone that has a new idea, they pitch it. Um, and we use Basecamp for all of our stuff. So they kind of write out 
uh, sort of an idea pitch and uh, post it to the message thread in Basecamp. And we do these work cycles. So every eight weeks uh, is a new work cycle for us. So we take the first six weeks. So we kind of divide the eight weeks up. We do six, one, and one. And uh, it's six weeks of focused work time, one week of sort of a buffer and kind of uh, review what we got done within the past six weeks and then plan for the next one. And then the eighth week is a sabbatical week and we take that off as a break and then we come back and repeat. And so as we're doing our cycle planning meetings and just preparing for the upcoming uh, work cycle, we'll just review all the idea pitches and, and things like that. And as a team, we'll just say, okay, What's most important right now? What are we staring at as a business? What are our goals? What what are we trying to get done? And of that, what is the best route forward? What is the low-hanging fruit for us? What are we excited about? What do we want to do? And just kind of juggle all that. And we discuss as a team and decide um, what makes sense for us. And sometimes it's related to the timing of certain stuff. Sometimes it's related to what we want to do. Sometimes it's related to uh, just revenue targets and like, all that stuff. So we just sort of take all that into account and kind of make a decision as a team and then uh, kind of agree to it and commit for the next work cycle. And then we'll take a little break and come back and hit the ground running. Awesome. So do you have kind of anything that you'd like to share coming up in the next couple work cycles that folks should look out for? We've got a bunch of stuff, but nothing I'm ready to say out loud yet. But, All right. No problem. But, uh, yeah. We got some stuff we're thinking of for the new year for sure. Very cool. And so if folks would kind of learn, like to learn more about what you're doing, where should they go to check that out? For all the productivity stuff, best place to start is thefocuscourse.com. And we've got a free kind of uh, time management class that, that we give away for there. Uh, it's a bunch of our kind of stuff around the meaningful productivity, the vision, the values-based stuff uh, that we've been talking about and just trying to align your calendar with your values and, and bring those two more in, you know, ha- get those two to overlap more. And uh, so we've got a free class that we give away right there on the homepage. That's a great place to start. Awesome. Thank you so much, Sean. Um, glad to have you on the show. I really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, Likewise, Brian. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Thanks for tuning in. So here's how Latitude works. It's the full interview you just finished listening to. Then next time, I'll break down some of the topics and themes we just discussed. This short, focused, and extremely actionable episode goes even deeper into some of what we've covered today. Make sure to hit subscribe to get that and other upcoming interviews. This is also the part of the show where I'm supposed to ask you to rate and review the podcast. Instead, I want to make you a little more actionable about applying some of the things we've talked about today. So send a tweet, message, email, or carrier pigeon to a friend about the one thing you learned and how you'll apply it to your business this week. Or send it to me on Twitter at Zavzen. Links and more are in the show notes at createlatitude.com slash podcast. And I just want to remind you that you already have the tools you need to create a little more latitude in your day, your business, and your life. 